Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars. And this week, I bought a car. I'm wearing, I'm wearing a Levi's sheepskin lined jacket and the sort of jacket you can imagine Bruce Springsteen wearing walking along the side of a road thumbing a lift in the early 80s <laughs> you know that you know the jacket don't you but he's in a cold state yes. he's in a very cold state yes. New Jersey yeah. Michigan that kind of thing um bad weather I watched that jeep advert that Springsteen did for the Super Bowl uh, a couple of weeks ago whatever it was and um, have you seen it? Mm-mm. It's been withdrawn now because then he got a, a drink driving conviction. Well, it all seems a bit dodgy, actually. What? Bruce Springsteen not, got done for drink? you not heard drink? about any of this? No. Well, uh, where have I been? So, well, at home, I obviously. I don't know. I wonder sometimes. But I, uh, I saw the ad and then uh, it went out during the Super Bowl and then the, the following week, which was whenever that was, week before last, um... Jeep pulled it because, yeah, Springsteen, uh, it was revealed that Springsteen had just a couple of weeks before that, I think, had um, DWI, driving while intoxicated, charge against him. But it turns out he'd been out, seen the story, as he, he was out with his family, hmm. uh, he stopped, some fans saw him, came over, yeah, and were like, hey, how you doing, hey, and they gave him a shot of vodka or tequila, I think. And, what like um, while he was sitting in his car? <laughs> well, possibly, or he was he was talking to them, and he had. Or they tailgating. He was yeah, he was under the drink drive limit, but the cops still booked him. Interesting. Um, it seems like seems like the police don't like Bruce Springsteen very much because he's done a song about police brutality or something a few years ago. <laughs> so the cops are sometimes a little agin him. Plus, you know, he's sort of pretty. I think he's a pretty um, vocal opponent of recent administration in the US. And, uh, oh my gosh, I d- I've disagree. completely missed this. I've all well, I've been anyway. getting is pictures of 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 that guy waiting for the inauguration, wearing mittens and a mask on, and appearing Bernie in Sanders. Every, Larry Sanders, P- Bernie, Larry Sanders, <laughs> Bernie Sanders, Colonel, sorry, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> yes, it's Colonel. Yes, it's Colonel Abrams. And, uh, That's why he's was... got the big gloves on to stop himself <laughs> licking his fingers because you can't do that during COVID, can you? It's not good. Finger licking, finger licking bad. Exactly. So F- finger licking semicolon bad. <laughs> um, that's what was about it the not? KFC. I, I read this story years ago that that when KFC uh, moved into China. Someone literally translated their slogan, but because of some translation schnefu in turning English into Cantonese, it tra- was translated <laughs> as Kentucky Fried Chicken, eat your fingers off. 
I don't know if that's true. I never bothered to check it, but I was told that there was there was, a, there was a terrible a terrible mix up. I can imagine with that being a slogan. being true. Yeah, I'd like to think it's true. Yeah, so let's I just would. let's just say that it is. I mean, you know, that's how it works these days, isn't it? Isn't it? Something just say it loudly enough, and it's true. Quite. Um, so I'm thinking uh, Bruce Springsteen, even if if even if he got done for drink driving as such. Um, all the Jeep adverts I ever see uh, are where the car is pretty much driving as the crow would fly. So surely Springsteen's probably got a few hundred acres kicking about, or he's got a mm. friend. Could he not? You could you could do a sort of um, yeah. I've had a few too many Miller genuine drafts. I'm just going to drive in a straight line across my own land. I'm not on a road, so it's okay. But look how capable the Jeep is. I've just gone down a really big ditch. Up the other side, through a hedge, <laughs> over a ploughed field. I, I didn't even know I was in a ploughed field. It's absolutely amazing that how capable this Jeep is. <laughs> I'm going to put it on cruise control, climb into the back seat while it's doing a really big circle in a huge field that's, I don't know, four hectares, let's say. And then, uh, so you could still legit do a Jeep advert. You just have to put in lots of writing underneath, like at the end of every American advert. This isn't well, they recommended. All have that, don't you they? shouldn't do it. It might cause you heart problems. Your penis will definitely get smaller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Value of the car may go down as well as up. Closed. They always say closed course, don't they? Closed course. Professional stunt driver closed <laughs> course. Do not attempt. So, so do not Bruce, attempt any of this. Bruce Springsteen. Don't even look at this. Look away. Look away at the whole thing. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen closed closed course. Alcoholic. Um, here we go in the new Jeep. Do not attempt to be Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I think. Do not do not copy the bus in any way at all. Um, it's well, if the advert, uh, which I guess boozy boss still out there edition, on the, internet, the boozy boss, he um, it's him driving a, a, an old Jeep, an old um, not a Willys Jeep, like, no, like a seventies one. Is it? Would it be a CJ? Yes, it would. You're absolutely right. Uh, driving one of those, and it's obviously in a very cold place in the US I don't know maybe it's New Jersey where Bruce doesn't do hot climate from. America I don't he's think. not good in the hot no. uh, and he's and he's but it's of course it's got no sides or, or or roof or anything and um and he is wearing some gloves and all I could find myself thinking as I was watching this ad is I hope those are fur lined gloves because that is going to be parky as you like on, on uh, driving a driving an open-sided roofless jeep You'd need American or a double glove snowbelt winter. Yeah. Oh, a double glove. Yeah. Yeah. You know the the small the small slight glove then going into the big mitten. That's the way I would mm. go if I was driving a completely open like let's say aerial atom in wind chill minus twenty. I would tend to go yeah. for um, a double glove scenario. I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, good point. Just me. I'd, I, I mean, no, I would as well yeah. if I could. I think I've got quite bad circulation. I get very cold hands. My hands aren't so bad, it's my feet. I've probably talked about this before. I can wear <laughs> ski socks in summer and my feet don't even sweat. It's amazing. Hmm. But, um, um, yeah. Well, anyway, um, yeah, the boss, Bruce the boss, Springsteen. Do you know something else? Just thinking about American um, phraseology around car adverts and, and things. There's, there's one that that always amuses me for no real reason that I can explain, which is when they advertise cars in the U.S., They'll always say something like, you know, there's that sort of fixation with model years, isn't there? Yeah. To start, you know, I mean, where are we? So we're in February 2021. I'm sure they're sort of about 2023 models. Yeah, on sale right now. (laughs) 23 model year. (laughs) Chrysler 300C, and then they'll say with available blind spot monitor. 
And I always get, with available, what a strange phraseology that is, with available moonroof. Oh, the moonroof. I do like the moonroof. Is the moonroof Why do they say moonroof? We say sunroof. Well, I I can't remember if this, and I might get this wrong, I thought moonroof doesn't open. You just look at it. Oh, it's a glass, it's a glass. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure, Rich. Okay. (laughs) And as soon as I said it, I I felt like I might not be be telling truths. Uh, The the, the listeners will tell me. Yeah, we we do. People, I have messages um, uh, on uh, in my file of things. I always forget to read out uh, from Americans. We do have American listeners. Hello, American listeners. Thank you for both listening and being American. But yeah, um, hi, hi, American listeners. Uh, maybe they can tell us then. I thought moonroof was sunroof. It's just maybe because you don't necessarily want a sunroof if you live in I don't know Arizona or somewhere because you 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 bake. But this, if they this fill is it the as thing. a moonroof, you can go oh at night that'd be nice. I'll put the blind back and look at the moon. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. But I don't know if that's the case. or is it just sheer size? Is a moonroof a bigger roof than a sunroof? Oh. Well, yeah, the, is it for more the, stargaze? But the moon is smaller than the sun. Oh, stargazing, yeah. But I is get, it more yeah. of a stargaze situation, so it's a full pano? It was a, it was, is it like a pano roof before we called them panoramic glass roof? Because moon roof does sound better. But I remember being a kid and pouring over car brochures, and I, I'm sure it was Toyota always used to refer to sunroofs as moon roofs in the 80s in the UK brochures. Did they? I'm pretty sure they did, yeah, and I don't know why. Hey, look, here's an article on Motor Trend, the respected American publication that says uh, moonroof versus sunroof. What's the difference between them? Let's click on this and then we'll find out. <laughs> and uh, it says, oh, it's quite long. In the beginning, cars and over, blah, blah, blah. Get to it. Today, oh, my Jesus. Uh, in common parlance today, yes, moonroof and sunroof are the same thing. Semantic historians will regale you with stories of how a sunroof was traditionally an opaque panel of metal or canvas. And Ford marketing whiz John Atkinson coined the name moonroof to refer to the optional roof conversion introduced on the 73 Lincoln Mark IV, which replaced the metal panel with a silver-tinted tempered glass one and a sliding interior sunshade to block the light. Okay. Link the Florida copy read, when open, you see the moon and it sees you, but when closed, only you have the view. Right, I think okay. I prefer So moonroof, moonroof means glass you know? sunroof. Yeah, moonroof is quite, something quite romantic about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember my Audi uh, Coupe GT 1983 had one of those steel sunroofs, which, or maybe moonroof, who bloody knows, um, that you, you lift out and put in a tray in the boot. Oh. It was great. A steel one? I think it was steel. I'm pretty sure it was steel. And it would you had two release catches, so you could lift it up. You could tilt it up for ventilation. Mm. Mm. Or you could un, un, undo it and slide it into a special felt-lined shelf in the boot. It was so nice, and it never leaked. It was bloody brilliant, and I'm quite down with that. And, of course, there's no electrics because it didn't – nothing went uh, wrong on it. It was just simple mm. catches and job jobs are good, and that was blimmin' yeah. brilliant. Damn, I miss that huh. car. Damn! With available moonroof. Yeah, anyway, I just wanted to say that. It's, it's just something that always amuses me when they go, the, the 2025 Dodge something or other. I'm going to the order Dodge a 2026 car uh, in a few weeks' time. <laughs> well, you'll be able to do yes. that. Give it till March, and the 26s will be on the lot. It's, <laughs> it's, I, I know there's a sort of historical basis for it because, you know, American car manufacturers used to sort of quite radically facelift their cars every year or retrim them in some way to, you know, that yeah. kind of planned obsolescence thing that John DeLorean was trying to rail against at one point. And um, so the model year thing sort of 
is is more sort of ingrained in American car culture. Yeah, but it is. The extent to which it's ingrained is it, it was brought home to me once. So I was in the US and I borrowed a Mustang, and this was probably about ten years ago, thereabouts. Um, and I stopped outside a convenience store, and there was a homeless guy slumped on the floor outside the door. And as I got out of the Mustang and walked towards the door, he went, hey, buddy. And I was like, oh, hello. I was thinking, oh, God, I haven't got any money on me. And then he went, is that a 2012? And I was like, what the fuck? Is Seriously? That, is that what's on your mind? What model year a Mustang is? Yeah. I mean, I... Yeah, it's I, really, I, really old. I, I quite like it when you're talking about older cars, but but I, I'm, I'm a bit bored of it now, referring to it model years. There's a friend of mine in in the states who's who's encyclopedic about model years of certain cars, and um, but it's so arcane. You know, you have to know so much. I feel like well, we're helped because we've got registration letters, haven't we? So we can kind of go, oh, it's an R reg, so it's a '77 or whatever. But yeah, and it's and a '77 looks the same as a '76 and a '78, pretty much in most cars. Unless yes, there was the the, the big facelift came along. Um, <laughs> But yeah, my, my make it sound like a Aaron storm. In the US, <laughs> the he's big like, facelift. Yeah, the big face. Oh, it's coming. Uh, but yeah, my mate Aaron in the US, he he, he sort of go, oh, what's that? And he'll go, oh, that's a that's a Dodge Polaris. That's a '66 because you see, the front indicators have been moved down into the into the fenders, and actually the '65. And he'll just he'll he, and it's like his brain has to be so much more sort of stocked with facts to know all this stuff because they change the cars so much every year. Mm. I quite like that i know i know i know quite a lot about american cars of a certain type each year derivative the chevy and parlor being one probably the charger as well but that's only because i researched them to the ends of the earth before i bought one yeah and there are the, the, the and the americans have always been the kings of sort of keeping the underpinnings pretty much the same and just cladding it differently and then yeah. therefore it's a totally different car yeah so I and I quite I kind of kind of like that. So one of the great ones of that because it's that sort of they used to really get the most out of the underparts, didn't they? The chassis and the engine on a, a an American car from the fifties through to certainly the seventies. Yeah, probably the same throughout many different iterations of body shell on top. Oh yeah, yeah. And one of my favourites was the Lincoln Continental Mark series, the big coupes, the full-size coupes. Um, oh, what, the sort of uh, middle-aged man spec? Or, uh, yeah, oh yeah, they're full sort of Florida retiree kind of cars. Yes, <laughs> yeah. But you look yeah. at some of the later ones, and they have comically massive overhangs. <laughs> and the reason was because Ford realised that GM had refreshed their cars a bit more comprehensively and made them bigger. And, you know, it's like they were still in an era where size equaled better. Yeah. And Ford didn't want to spend the money stretching the chassis. So they just added extra length with by, <laughs> by, by building out the overhangs. And if you look at the at the um, under the bonnet of some of those Lincolns, there is a frigging massive gap between the front of the engine block and the actual front of the car because it's just all padding. Oh, it's amazing! They're like a padded bra of cars. <laughs> but it's absurd because it adds like three feet to the car mm, when yeah. it, and in a time when sort of pointless. 
um, exterior dimensions were the thing, and and the interiors weren't really any more um, roomy. I, mean, I know that I'm, I remember that being weird with my Impala, just going, "How is this car so massive on the outside, but yet so average for my legs on the inside? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense at all. I shouldn't like it, but damn you, I like it." Oh yeah, there's a bit of that going on. I don't understand though how that sort of peak massiveness era of US cars which I think probably sort of lasted into the middle 70s didn't it and then finally like the oil crisis and things hit home and yeah, yeah. the rise of Japanese imports which were smaller sort of persuaded people they could downsize a bit and, and everything started to shrink but um, up until that point those really really big land yachts yeah, you sort of go okay well you know it's like everything in America is just bigger but I once had a really really massive pickup truck um, that Actually, my friend Aaron that I mentioned before booked for me because he's a car journalist and he, he I said is any chance you can sort me out with a press car when I'm over in the US and uh, he went yeah I'll get you something I said could you get me something that's like really American because I'll write about it you know something we don't get here and he went oh yeah I can do that and he got me this Dodge Ram Julie this absolutely massive pickup truck <laughs> the Dually <laughs> yeah and worse than that it was a it was a diesel manual oh wow okay okay and it had so little weight over the back end that when it rained and it was in los angeles and you know it sort of doesn't rain a lot there so the roads get very very dry and then when it does rain they become very greasy and it would spin its back wheels in third because <laughs> it had a lot of torque and no weight over the back end and it was huge and you couldn't fit it in a lot of places and i was thinking I don't think they've totally reconfigured the city of Los Angeles since the 70s. No, they haven't. And the roads are okay, but parking, you know, car parks and, and um, you know, sort of entrance ramps to hotels and things like that all felt quite squeaky in a very wide long pickup and i know those du- duly are extra extra girth at the rear because of the four tires yeah <laughs> well, it didn't it didn't have was it a duly it was a duly i think it was certainly it was a it was a ridiculously big thing it had the door mirrors uh were really interesting because they were massive and sort of portrait aspect but then you could they were on a pivot you could swing them out so they became landscape aspects so you got extra vision for towing if you have uh, a big trailer of behind you. Well, that, I mean, it's that like is, they thought of this shit. Well, that's the point of the dually. If you have a dually and you don't tow anything, it's just, I just can't get my head around it, personally. That was, um, I told this story before on another podcast, but it's worth retelling that I was, I was over there working on the American version of Top Gear, the one that was presented by um, uh, Tanner, Rutledge and Adam. And R- Rutledge saw me getting into the dually one day in the car park of the office and came over and went, what is this? And I went, it's, um, it's my Julie. You? And, and my mate Aaron my worked on the show. This is my Julie, my Julie. And, um, and he went, why do you have this? And I went, oh, because Aaron booked it in for me. Aaron booked you this truck? And I went, yeah. Yeah. What a dick. Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah. Because it was such... And I think it was I was about to try and manoeuvre it out of the car park, which in itself was a bit of an exercise because it sort of, it was hard to... It's hard to get around the, you know, curbs and shit. But um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I was just fascinated. But it has everything sort of they've, they've kind of moved curbs in, and when they've built new stuff in American cities since the seventies, have they kind of shrunk things down? Because they're like, oh, no one's got a no one's got a, a Lincoln Continental anymore. 
I've got a friend who's got one. Yeah, with the with the opera back window, that little oval window, which is supposed to look romantic. I love it. I mean, it's awful, but I love it, and I don't like myself for liking it. Do you know, um, I, I want to change the subject slightly because I had a, a, a message through from somebody on Instagram about last week's podcast, I think, where was I talking about my son's sort of obsession with airships yes. and zeppelins? Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's contacted me called Scott, Scott Brocklesby. He says, uh, great work, guys. Keep it up. Regarding airships, uh, Friedrichshafen in South Germany, where the Zeppelin started, still have two where you can go on. You can get a ride for about 300 quid for a flight over Lake Constance. Interestingly, the Zeppelin company still exists as part of the ZF group off of gearboxes. Yeah. Which only started to build gearboxes for Zeppelins in the first place. I did not know that ZF was gearboxes for um zeppelins did not know that the weird thing um about zf you know we were talking the other week not the last podcast probably the one before about uh people who say vin number yes and you and, and you get no you're doubling up it's, there, a, mate, it's a number the number N stands for number yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. identification number number yes but zf have made their own name into a doubling up because um, what their name? I've just cheated and looked this up. Their, their, the name ZF stands for Zahnrad Fabrik Friedrichshafen, right? Uh, which is, uh, I guess, gear maker. Gear maker in Friedrichshafen. Friedrichshafen, but <clears throat> they now officially the name of the company is ZF Friedrichshafen. So it's Zahnrad Fabrik Friedrichshafen Friedrichshafen. <laughs> I apologise to any German speakers listening. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> shit, awful pronunciation. Um, I only did one year of German at school, and all I can remember is uh, my amphibious car is around the corner. So um, I'm not. Do you know what? It's funny, isn't it? I only did one year of French. I was the what? other. I was the opposite to you. Yeah, I did one year of French because we had. Um, we, we, we. I. I just. My brother really liked German. He's older than me, so I remember him coming back from secondary school saying how good how fun german was had had a pretty engaging teacher and um <clears throat> and basically my brother said to me my brother being my brother just went you when you start secondary do german not french because because the french are shit at making cars and the germans are much <laughs> better engineers and so if you get a job to do in the car industry it's bound to be german so learn german <laughs> and i just and me being an impressionable whatever i was 10 year old 11 year old i went yeah okay so that's what i did and actually i love german i got an a at german gcse yeah i didn't know that you spoke german well i don't, don't. anymore spoke- unfortunately because it's been many years since i've regularly sprechened it but um needless gonna, to say this is a little controversial i think sometimes but I, I i find um spoken german quite a pleasant language to listen to it's fast I like the preciseness of it yeah it's quick but it's it's precise it's got a sort of crispness to it that i enjoy I'm I'm with you on that. I think um, French is definitely more romantic, and it's, that's been said many times. But I but think that's the it. precision French and of Italian they German. get all, and maybe a bit of Spanish they get all the kind of oh yeah, so flowing and romantic and stuff like that. We go, you know what? Sometimes I just like like some spoken German. Yeah, can't understand what's being said, but it sounds to me like it's it has a, <laughs> it has a, an appealing sound all the same. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, <laughs> 
Do you know we were talking about? It's funny what nostalgia does. Last podcast talking about Kenwood and Technics <laughs> bomber jackets. Yeah, from from the nineties. And so, what a, a listener um, has actually. It's really nice, actually. A guy called um, S- um, Stephen, I think. He's uh, he said hi, guys from Utah, USA. I've just found a Technics jacket on eBay USA, and he's given me the link. I'm just having a look now. It's seventy five dollars, but shitting hell, this one is. This isn't nineties. Hang on. Wow, I think I'm going to forward it to you, Rich. This is very early eighties. It's got an embroid. It's got an embroidered waistband that's sort of rainbow fabric. So it's a black jacket with like an embroidered no not not rainbow like a horizon so three different shades of sort of orange yellow red wow I actually think that's so bad I might put a cheeky bid on that <laughs> um, yeah it's so bad I'll I'll, I'll, I'll send um, it to you. you can you can look at that when you're on the toilet later um. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, well, I might... Well, hang on a minute. Before we move off airships, um, uh, after we talked to them, uh, someone, I think in in the YouTube comments, pointed out that there is an airship still, or there was an airship more recently, flying out of Cardington in Bedfordshire, and it was that Airlander 10. You remember that? I do, I do. When was that? How many years ago? here's the thing. They, this listener said... um, it actually crashed, but it had a sort of really, like, feeble, low-speed accident, which yeah. I think was in 2016. And this all came back to me because... You, you might were, not remember You were this. driving it. Yes. Well, no, I was driving up the M1, the A1, rather, to meet you at our spiritual home, Baldock Services, <laughs> to film a Smith & Sniff video. Yeah. And I saw it in the sky, and I remember it was a beautiful day. I can't remember what car we were going to film, but um, it was a beautiful, clear blue sky. And I looked across from the A1, across the fields. I could see this, this and it's got a sort of bum face, that Airlander airship. And, it, and I was like, oh, look, there's that bum-faced airship. And then later that day, I told you about it, went to look up a photo of it on my phone, and there was the news that it had crashed that very day. So, weirdly, on the way to meet you, I saw that airship just before it had a very low speed and pathetic crash. Well, listen, if you're any way... Um uh, what, oh gosh, I've forgotten the name. What are the people who are like they don't walk under ladders and stuff? Oh, superstitious. Bother. Yeah, if you're in any way superstitious, obviously it's the same as magpies. If you see one um, terrible, terrible luck, bad things will happen to you. If you see one airship having a minor accident, awful luck. If you see two having catastrophic accident <laughs> in the same day, you're absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. That- you'll be you'll be just fine. Okay. It's good to get these rules in place, isn't it? Uh, I'm just Dua looking Lipa at that jacket. Probably that is isn't that technique jacket? Isn't it, isn't it really Mother good? Joseph, that's remarkable. I quite like it. Do you uh, like the embroidery on it? I like the way that it's not just a Technics jacket, but it has underneath the Technics name, it says the science of sound. Do you think? That buying a jacket like that and perhaps dry, really aggressively driving an E36 BMW would just be one of the most fun you could have in the last five years. Probably. I'm talking open diff, 
closed <laughs> closed supermarket car park on a slightly drizzly day massively overcooking it around the uh, around those big lights you know those huge lights um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I can imagine it I can imagine it you'd be outside like egging me on I'd have the jacket on you'd have something else on oh it could just work so well we pretend it was um, pre-internet I've got some bad news. I've just looked at this eBay listing for the Technics jacket, and it says in red letters, so you know it's important, does not ship to United Kingdom. Bastards. Oh, we've got friends in the States, Rich, both That's of true. us. Yeah. So if yeah, I yeah, said, yeah. listen, not being funny, but can, can I get a Technics jacket posted to you, please? <laughs> the description is actually quite good as well. It says, has some spotting on the front, but very nice for its age. Fits tight, medium to large, as they were made back then as a bomber-style jacket. Colours are vibrant. I'm going to buy it. Cool. I shouldn't be buying it. I've just been selling quite a lot of stuff because um, we're going to be moving out of our house in about two months' time. And uh, I'm actually... I'm at that dangerous point in my life where I'm searching for a caravan to either borrow, rent or uh, buy so it's kind of, I'm wondering is there PCP on caravan static caravans I bet there is and is there a listener out there who might better help me navigate this this incredibly complicated world of static caravans, I'm looking for one is it complicated? yes it is, yeah why? Well, the orientations of the bathroom and the cladding oh, and the transportability of them. You know, they don't like being transported, static caravans. You can spend more in transport than you can on buying the bastard things. They don't like being transported? <clears throat> no, because they don't, they're not really that portable, right. which is why they're called static caravans, I suppose. Yeah, hang on a minute. How are you going to... Well, I've got to knock put a it fence in your back down. Garden? Yeah, I've got to take a whole fence down and then hopefully get should get permission from the farmer to to reverse it in through the field at the back as long as the ground is dry it have should you be right. thought about rather than one big static caravan a, a, a small village of normal caravans it's a cheaper method certainly so you have like your living room caravan and yeah. your bedroom caravan and the kids have a bedroom caravan and then you could you know if you're feeling lavish you could have a have a like a dining room caravan or and, and a separate I have actually thought yeah I have we're going to go probably um, and again if there's any listeners who could help me on this I think I'm going to go static for everybody to live in Hmm. but I'm going to go either insulated shipping container next to it or um, insulated lorry back for Hmm. pretty much uh, like our day-to-day clothes and stuff that doesn't quite fit in the caravan that we can have quick access Uh, to why don't you just buy an old lorry well you know those big horse lorries the really Mm. big ones where racehorses are driven all over the place I'm Mm. wondering whether one of those would be a good a good thing or even just go full on old school crusty and go mobile (laughs) library with the chimney on the back yes I I could could do that (laughs) see we've brainstormed it and we've come to the ideal conclusion you just need an old mobile library and do yeah full levelers spec it would be Um, levelers wouldn't it it would be smoking lollies a lot more a lot more music with fiddles in it but otherwise it'd be quite quite good (laughs) I can't stand music with fiddles in it really pisses me off (laughs) 
<laughs> it does. Every time I hear oh. a, an old Rod Stewart track with a bloody mandolin in it, it really annoys me. Oh, hang there's, on. There's a, no, dude. It's a bit unfair. Well, no, it's, no, it's annoying. What about Ooh La La? That's a great song. Uh, do you like any levelers? I secretly do, yeah, because do it reminds you? me. It reminds me of of being a student. It reminds me of the first year of university, so it's quite an exciting time of life. And so, yeah. yeah, I was going out with a girl who was really into the Levelers, so I was sort of forced to listen to it, and I kind of <laughs> pretended I didn't like it at the time, but I had listened a to a Levelers day. album in the last five years in a sort of fit of nostalgia. <clears throat> I do, I don't mind it. I'll put it that it way. Was the, there was a uniform to, to people who liked the levellers at school, yeah. from memory. start with the DMs. Yes, finish with the German surplus army coat. Yeah, um, yeah. Usually and a band T-shirt, which was either levellers, as mentioned, or sometimes the Wonder stuff, I think. Yes. Um, uh, or I think Nirvana. the main sort of, the driving principle behind dressing in that sort of style, you know, following that kind of, fitting with that kind of tribe, if you like... The, the guiding principle was, I must dress so it looks like I smell. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, because you don't expect people like that to, to, to be freshly showered. Yeah. Do you? So you expect no. when they walk past, you expect a little bit of a jet trail. Yeah. Which, and it, which it is, you know, it's actually, I mean, for example, that uh, my then girlfriend who liked the levelers didn't, she didn't fully embrace that style of dress and she, her personal hygiene was, was pretty good. So, you know, it's, um, it's an unfair assessment, but it was the look. You had to look like you smelt even if you didn't. It's um, true. It's absolutely true. It's just reminding I, um, me of something, you know, talking about home, like setting up home in a caravan, but something that was bothering me last week was, um, why is it that people think the only style of furniture that's permissible in a conservatory is wicker? Oh, yeah, you messaged me about that and it got me thinking. I don't know, because there is certain wicker furniture, or um, retro wicker furniture, which I, I quite like, and I like it enough to probably have brought it into the house. <laughs> Whereas um, 
I think most people would find that unacceptable, and I don't know why. Would they just go, what? Is it because it doesn't get damaged by UV as much? Although I feel like it does. But the, <laughs> cushions, the cushions are often got sort of floral prints on them, which are going to fade, so it doesn't... Always. It's not that. I don't know. It's just like, I was just... Because I was idly looking at some houses for sale, and, you know, and just go down a wormhole of just browsing houses and kind of going, God, some people have very interesting taste in sort of, you know, like purple walls with orange bedsheets or something. And you go, crikey. But then I just, I saw a couple of houses that had big, you know, sort of big sunrooms on the back. And they both were stuffed with wicker furniture. You just went, why? Why couldn't you just have a normal sofa in there? What about like in the olden days when more people used to smoke? Imagine smoking on a hot day in a conservatory around wicker furniture. I mean, honestly, the place could go up like a straw field, <laughs> couldn't it? <laughs> it would just be, <laughs> be ridiculous. Is it because the wicker... I don't know. People worried that there's like the conservatory might be sort of a bit more damp than the rest of the house, and the wicker won't absorb the damp in the way that the wooden frame of a sofa might... I just don't or is it know. just a style choice? I don't. I just don't get it. And you kind of go because you wouldn't have a wicker sofa or armchairs in your normal living room. It would be weird unless you lived in Florida or something. And even then, it's a bit weird. But but somehow you go. Oh, we've had a conservatory extension. Get down to World of Wicker quick. It's, it's just World of Wicker. Actually, of you know, a good good friend of mine, one of my oldest friends, um, Luke Stout. He um his his, his he runs um, a big business that was that was built on wicker furniture. I've just <laughs> on earth haven't I asked him? <laughs> hey, uh, I should ask him if anybody. I'm not, I, he hasn't paid me to say this, but he it, there's a really really nice company called the Old Creamery down in uh, Yeovil in Somerset. Uh, look them up. They sell good quality furniture, but they also sell non-wicker furniture these days because i oh. think wicker was big in the sort of early mid 80s when they started yeah yeah oh god yeah, um, yeah maybe Luke's, wicker Luke's a good lad used to drive a citroen zx volcane wicker might have crept into the rest of the house oh wicker the house i i, I don't know i think wicker in the 80s <coughs> wicker crept into the rest of the house didn't it or maybe or maybe just it might have crept in. it's so noisy it's the noise when you sit on a bit of wicker furniture that creaky noise sort of brittle creaking sound that i don't find very pleasant well, what's that? There's a wicker that Fiat that had wicker seats in it. Um, that was a derivative of the Fiat 600 or the 500. Was it uh, bloody hell? Do you know the one I mean? No. It had a wicker interior, like <laughs> as standard. And I think that it was like that on the, um, on the basis that it, you were you went, you drove to the beach and you could get in it like when you'd just gone for a lovely bathe in the sea or you'd gone mm. for a swim in Lake Como or something. Um, that's, um, yeah, that's that kind of, that's, I suppose that's... Um, I'm wondering, cool. is, that the, uh, is that the origins of wicker interior in a conservatory where you jump in a swimming pool, you get back out and you just lie on the wicker? <laughs> why, why the living shit are we talking about this? I don't know. I feel like we've said the word wicker so many times it's become meaningless. We should probably um, we should move on to something. Well, this else. was gonna. It's called a Fiat Jolly. I think it's called a Fiat. Oh, uh, those fi- beach fi- cars fi- with no like no sides, with no doors. Yeah, they cut yeah, down. They've yeah, got. Yeah. They were based on the five hundred. The uh, Fiat Jolly has wicker seats as standard. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant like a proper car. Those are sort of weird. Yes. Like it is like a proper sort car. Of beach resort. Yeah. But you know, I mean, they're kind of 
They're not, yeah. because you wouldn't have one if you lived in Runcorn. But if you lived <laughs> on the Italian lakes or in, you know, Cap Ferrat, you might justifiably have one because it's not. Witness. Magic, yeah, it would be yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am um, talking of furniture. So I, I've i just spent the last, been in this house nearly eight years. So I'll be knocking it down, obviously, hopefully um, soon. And. I've been storing in the garage for all of this eight years since we moved out from our last place. Um, you might remember I, I, I bought a Funfair Waltzer and converted it to a sofa. Oh, a, yeah. At great expense and time, I, mm-hmm. I hasten to add. I've been storing mm-hmm. it in the garage because we couldn't fit it in this house. It's too big. It's massive, and it does weigh about 200-odd kilos. Mm. Um on the on the I thought the agreement that when we build the new place it'll go in in pride of place finally back in a house it's all been beautifully upholstered I had it all done original paint my wife told me last week when I said well of course we're gonna I'm not gonna sell the waltzer because I've been keeping it all this time so we can put it in the new house she went I, I don't know where you got that from it's not coming in the new house I went uh, I've it's taken a third of my garage up for the last eight years <laughs> If this uh, if this if yeah. this wasn't being saved to go in the new house, why didn't why didn't we have why didn't we sell it seven years ago? <laughs> I'm really pissed off. There's so many cars that couldn't fit in the garage because the waltz has been at the end, and it's like what? So there's been a huge amount of miscommunication here, um, and I don't <laughs> actually I don't want to sell it because it's really good because it took me a long time to find one and convert it and. Yeah. I'm in a, I don't really know what to do now, Rich. I'm in a sort of quandary. Got, uh, it's a really fantastic original 50s Maxwell Waltzer on Biffaskip um, um, wheels. Biffaskip wheels? It is, you know, the really big industrial ones that you can yeah. lock off or... Yeah, I've got it on Biffaskip uh, casters. Okay, coming up after this, we'll have some more from Biffaskip wheels. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I are you familiar with the old expression "happy wife, happy life"? Yes. Sell the waltzer. Okay. I'm not going to let it go cheap, but if anyone wants to buy an original <laughs> '50s Maxwell waltzer converted to a wonderful piece of um, display furniture, they can get in touch with the show. Yeah. Uh, FFS. Um, <laughs> um, look, guys. Listen. Look. Um, I was going to mention this at the top of the show, and we somehow got distracted talking about airships and wicker as usual. But um, uh, no, it was Bruce Springsteen's jackets and so Bruce Springsteen's bloody <laughs> boss again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've bought a car. Have you? I bought a car. I told you this. I sent you a message and said I bought you. A ca- I bought a car. Oh yeah. So and hang I didn't on. Tell it's, you what? Because I wanted to tell you when we were recording. Because I think you're going to be a bit. I don't know. Cross. I'm not sure. Is it a, I need to get is this it cheap? out. Is it a dog car? Is, what is it? No. I know I said dog car, but I didn't. The, the point I probably didn't make clear when we started talking about this how many weeks ago and people started emailing in suggestions. The point I didn't make clear is I said sort of dog car because I fancied something a bit ratty that I didn't care mm-hmm. about the dog messing up. And quite honestly, the dog doesn't mess up the car. He just puts some towels down and stuff. She's, she's fine. But uh, really, I needed a new family car because our Jaguar I-Pace comes to the end of its lease next month and is going back um and i wanted something a bit practical so the dog and the kids could go in and luggage if necessary um and people have been 
emailing in all sorts of interesting suggestions most of all day st220 estate but but some other stuff as well it's a bit uh, brexity for me but yeah yeah uh <laughs> quite a lot of love for old saabs subarus a good showing from subarus yeah um quite a bit of love for volvos xc60s xc90s that kind of stuff um but oh yeah all sorts of things have been chucked mobile in. libraries mobile libraries nissan Elgrands, you know you name it oh yeah yeah of course vaguely practical petrol powered spectrum of cars because the other caveat was like unless it's a post 2016 diesel i'm going to get clobbered for the um ulez extension which comes in in october this year so uh preferably uh compliant with that so i'm not paying 12 pound 50 a day just to use the car when i want to you're stringing this out Um, porter and we ran through all sorts of stuff yeah, but you remember this all started because I said, "Oh, I've got this vague idea. I need to get another family car," and and I'd started browsing supercharged Range Rovers, and you were you were disdainful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, I've just put a deposit down on a supercharged Range Rover. Have you really? Yeah, you've bought a supercharged petrol Range Rover in 2021, and you live yes. in London. Yes, you've just got rid of an electric car. And you've bought a supercharged petrol Range Rover. Yes. You absolutely. Well, I haven't got rid. It's it's salami oboe. No, um, this is I very much enjoyed our two years with the um, with the I Pace and uh, let the record show. I had a Nissan Leaf uh, before that. I like electric cars, Um, but I just realised I wanted one last sort of hurrah with a silly internal combustion engine because inevitably our next family car will be electric or very least hybrid hopefully plug-in so that we can run around locally on electrical power but um yeah i just thought fuck it i'll go for something a bit giddy that probably won't work properly um i'm a bit i mean i'm so glad that you've done it and not me (laughs) 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 Um, yeah look at it that way i'm doing it so you don't have to yeah Um, but yeah, we don't do that many miles in our family car generally. So you know that's a swage. There's there's a little. Hang on a minute, thing. you've already got a Land Rover. I've just remembered. No, I'm tucking that away for a bit. Are you? Yeah, because it's at the moment. You should see the state of my Defender. It's embarrassing because I've, I've I've it's parked on the street. I haven't been using it very much. It's been parked under a tree. The battery went flat, so then it was stuck in the spot under the tree. And it's always that thing, you know, you go, oh, fuck, get the, get the car started, get the car. And I just haven't got around to getting it going again. Hmm. But, of course, under a tree's not good. It's got muck on it and moss Algae. in the window runners, which, you know, normally I say a Defender isn't a Defender until it's got moss in the window runners. <laughs> but the other week, was it two weeks ago, a, a Defender 90 Heritage, like mine, albeit with fewer miles on it, went through um, collecting cars, the online auction thing. Mm-hmm. And um, it went for absolutely idiotic money. It was ridiculous. Because you see Defender Heritages at dealers with big price tags attached to them. And you go, well, all yeah, right, you bully do. for you. You're having a go. You're hoping that someone's not paying attention and has got more money than sense. And they'll make you an offer on that. But you think that's not what people are actually paying. When somebody puts their hand in the air virtually on, a, on a, an auction site and actually appear to be prepared to pay quite a chunky amount of money for one of those cars which by the way i think is frigging idiotic i mean i love my defender but it is when all said and done a silly old-fashioned truck and um i don't think they're worth what people seem to be paying for them 
and it's an interesting situation to be in but I sort of thought I can't just leave this on the street anymore because now it's become super nickable hasn't it and they are nickable yeah. anyway yeah they are so it does deserve a little bit more worship yeah so I've just I've got to get it going clean it up and then I've I've found I think I've found somewhere to put it under a roof and keep it in good nick but it's not in my immediate neighborhood and so it sort of means the defender is, is kind of relegated to high days and holidays sort of stuff and so I'm going to stash it away for a bit because we might move out of London at some point anyway and then it'll be fine but you know, because I, I I I can fully understand why you're not going to sell it because I know you're very attached to it and you never bought it as an investment car. You bought it because you always wanted a Defender and it was, this was your last chance. So mm. I totally get I that. I'd be shocked if you said you're going to sell it. I mean, I'd understand if you were going to earn triple the money for it, but so well, that's, it's it's a ridiculous. I know this is like first world problem par excellence, but it it it's like it's the the, the values of them seem to be becoming very very stupid and um it's an odd situation to be and I, I hate it when people kind of have these kind of high value investment cars and then don't use them mm. i've always said oh i would never do that you know and i have for five years i've used the defender as a car you know and it's i mean it's not got mega miles on it but it's got almost ten thousand miles on it and it's, it's you know so i do and i have done long journeys in it and, and live to tell the tale and and um and had the kids and the dog in it and stuff it has been our car i haven't babied it but um there comes a point where you just go I probably shouldn't just leave it on the street under a tree mm. because apart from anything else it might get robbed so um, yeah I think I've found somewhere that's to keep that so that at least it, it, it doesn't feel sort of wantonly stupid to let it get kind of well listen um, I think the biggest question on everybody's lips here is uh, does the supercharged Range Rover have a tow bar it does not well, you need to frigging well get one so right. I can... Well, because oh. I'm only going to be interested in borrowing it if it's got a bar. And seeing as <laughs> well, I've, got a, so I've, got a, I've got a static caravan possibly oh, emerging right. in the next... Jesus. Do you want no, to do you know what I'm going to my... do? I'm going to fit a tow bar. I'm going to wait till you've all gone to bed and then I'm going to move your static caravan. Yeah, we'll do it at 3am <laughs> and we will we'll up, up the M1 or A1. <laughs> Cruise oh, I was just thinking I'd just move it a little bit so you get really freaked out and you come out in the morning and go, I'm sure that the caravan was about 10 feet over there before. <laughs> or even just a foot. I'll just move it a foot a night until eventually you start to think, like basically like the plot of the twits. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, look, it's got all that power. It's built for tugging. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. Well, so well, bloody hell! You've bought you've bought it with real money. You've bought a supercharged petrol. Well, see, the thing is, because I I think when I sort of misled people, were there people a few people messaging going, "Oh, your dog car," and it was like I think it's because I said I wanted something that was a bit of a snotter, and I was thinking to keep you know keep the budget as low as possible, Mm. um, but within the bounds of something that's sort of habitable and that I'd be okay to put my children in. And I did find an older supercharged Range Rover for not much cheapness. It was more than I intended to spend, but it seemed like a particularly good one. And the dealer was up north, and when I when I spoke to him, he was a bit weird about selling the car to me because I wasn't local. It was quite what? a strange conversation. Yeah, he was sort of like basically because it said on the website that they deliver. So I went, "Do you, you deliver then?" Oh yeah, we deliver. Yeah, and I went. Oh, I'm actually down south. I think that's partly because I'm from the north. I understand 
northerners because I am one and I think sometimes <laughs> when you mention that you live in the south to certain there's a certain type of northerner they immediately take a ginyu and they think that you're a twat um and so I, I think he was already like this fancy bastard ringing me up, asking about this car, wanting it to be delivered, and he was basically he just couldn't be asked. But you know what? They're not, I can't imagine. No offense to the you because you've just bought one, but I can't imagine a, pe- a supercharged petrol Range Rover flying out the door as a second-hand vehicle at the moment when people you are wouldn't mostly. Wouldn't think so, would you? No. Like, I don't, not do you know, at all. I don't know. The, this the car dealer who was weirdly reluctant to sell me this older one told me that they they hadn't been as busy as they are now for ages he went is that we're really actually run off our feet because we've got a skeleton staff and we've got loads of cars going out and then the place where i found the car that i put the deposit on said the same thing he went oh we're just we're totally pulled out we you know we're going to need a bit of time to get the car ready because we've just trying to process so many cars on a small staff um and um so i think people have got maybe money they would have spent on holiday and just traveling to work and food at work and things that that actually maybe a few people have got a few more quid in their back pocket if you've still got a job and you're still earning what you earned pre-covid maybe you've actually got a bit more disposable income but now the real boredom set in and people are just trying to cheer themselves up by buying expensive things I'm buying really because I'll be honest that's kind of what I was doing I was, I was going like, to say you've done that I'm fucking bored of Covid I'm so bored of, of having to be in and not being able to see friends and not go and do stuff and, and all of that we once took for granted and now we can't do and I just thought it was one of my arguments to my wife about it I was like look just for a bit of fun because you know fuck it why not let's, <laughs> let's, let's get a slightly slightly flashy needless car and, and just enjoy it for a bit and and um then we can always move on ah but this is when i mean i know know your missus lived in the uk for years and years now but is this when you go it's actually not that big it's classed as a medium-sized car in the states yeah a full-size range rover have you ever seen um because this is a a l322 if you're a range rover nerd um, jingle so a, a third generation range rover if you ever see those in the u.s in in traffic amongst uh, a Lincoln Navigator or a Ford Expedition or anything like that or an Escalade they're medium they look tiny they look like a Fiat Uno in context it's just it's bizarre how small they look in the US but obviously they're not small well I'm thinking this Rich when it either all falls apart or you can't afford to feed it anymore mm. um, we will rip the engine and box out of it and we can EV it for London centric uh, luxury I know, lovely, sweet. And we'll put the engine in something that I will find. (laughs) uh, Something hopefully more appropriate. How about that? Like a Hyundai Sonata, for example. So you're you're saying when I can't afford to put petrol in it anymore, I should spend tens of thousands of pounds completely rebuilding it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, Yeah. We'll, we'll Hang on, you've, so you've still got the 911. You're still going to keep the Defender. Yeah, so there's a bit of a reconfiguration going on. The Defender will be sort of put away for best. Hibernation a bit. Hibernation, so bit of hibernation. Um, yes, we still we still have a 911. And, um, and yeah, we'll get this range. I mean, I haven't seen this bloody car. I've only I bought it on the basis of some photographs because of you know the world we live in at the moment. And I put a deposit down for the guy to hold it until I can figure out how to actually get it. Bloody hell. On the basis that if I turn up and it is not actually as nice as it looks or sounds on paper, that I could still bail. But 
it's a later one. I kind of, this is why it spiraled out of control. The budget kind of crept up, and I saw oh. this one for sale, and it was like it's a late, late model with the five liter V8 in it. So the more modern engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, perfect uh, for various Mark other Ten accoutrements. Jag. Resto Mark Ten Jag, yeah. That's what I would put that engine in. That, I think that it'd be better be off mod with the earlier, like the four liter or the four point two supercharged V eight from a from an XJR, because I think that five liter is a sort of next generation engine. I bet it's much more electrical engine in as much as <laughs> it's probably got more advanced ECUs that are talking to other things that oh, yeah. it will have a bit of a duck fit if you try and put it in a Jaguar Mark 10 <laughs> it'll freak out because you can't see the body controller that looks after you know the central locking or something and and um but an older one be much more of a self-contained unit I don't know I could be wrong there are people we know who probably know this and who are listening. There's, there's oh, there's, the listeners are just, they're, they're either rubbing their hands in glee or they can't wait to hear this, the trials and tribulations of buying a Range Rover blind. That, that's I, called, isn't that called prick and collect? It is, yeah. I think it yeah. is, isn't it? Where you order something quite complicated and expensive without looking at it. Yeah. Um, I think it, sure. in this case it might be called click and regret, but I'll, I'll <laughs> click <let you> and <laughs> regret. <laughs> I, I kind of want to go and get it rather than have it delivered because I want to be able to go to where it's for sale and sort of go have a look at it and then you know. I'll well, hang on a minute. If if this is classed as work, why don't I put an, a mask on and white gloves? I'll come and pick you up in the the JDM taxi, <laughs> and I will take you. I'll put a visor on, <laughs> and I'll I'll take you to collect your Range Rover. I haven't told you where it is. No, you haven't. Is it in? Is it in Orkney? <laughs> Where yeah, is it? Aberdeen. <laughs> uh, no, it's actually it's in Lancashire, so um, uh, it's a bit of a distance away. Well, listen. If you want a lift, I've got I've got a cab, and it's really comfortable. <laughs> uh, I won't. Even, do you know what? I, listen, I won't even charge you the fuel. I won't even charge really? you the fuel. Really? Well, the LPG. No. I won't even well, charge anyway, you. Well, anyway, I've got to figure this one out because um, I'm, I'm waiting to see what the. Uh, uh, the, the, if there's revised COVID rules and all that malarkey, but um, are you going to have a family crest uh, painted on the door in small yeah, gold leaf? Uh, please one of those do. Silver statues of a horse put midway up the bonnet, but make sure it's got a really prominent penis dangling out from underneath it. So get it cast especially. Of course. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I can go and get it for a couple of weeks at least for various reasons, which is fine. The guy's going to hold it for me, Bert, because he, he's got some of my money, so he has to. But well, um, battery will be flat by the time you go and get it, so it'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. So, so this is a this is a sort of a developing story, but I have put a deposit down, so technically I have sort of bought it. I'm in the process of buying it. Get a and, bar on it. Um, get a bar on it. Get a bar on it. Bar on it. What bar? Tow bar. Oh no. I hate yeah. bars. Car with a bar. It's got to no. be done. A car no. like that that tows three and a half has to always be ready to tow three and a half. In other words, listen, it'll be a, um, a removable bar, a covert bar, but you've got to put a bar on it. I've got a bar on the chimney, and it basically all it can pull is like, I don't know, one sheep. <laughs> That's about <laughs> it. Whereas you could possibly pull about 40 sheep. Come on. Get a bar on it. I am not 
not putting a tow bar on it. Put a fucking bar on it. I'm not. Put a bar not. on it. The, the more bad. you say it, the less likely it is. I'm not. Oh, are you I'm one of those, are you? You're one of yeah. those. You're not going to bow to the pressure. You'll go the opposite way. No, why would I want a fucking tow bar on a beautiful <clears throat> late model? It's because why? Because it's the it's the the ability, it's the choice and the ability to. To, to do it and to carry out to the tow task. what I don't have anything to tow but you've got mates that might want to tow stuff hi no, no, hi, I, Rich. Don't. I'm no here. I don't no I refuse to be friends with anyone who tows stuff <laughs> so it's a bit of a rule of mine <laughs> anyway but putting well, a bar go. on I just, our I, the 300 was the best thing I ever did brilliant oh, man, a removable Look. dog's dick was brilliant <laughs> <laughs> they do though they do they call it a swan neck but you go that's not a swan neck it's a stunt cock made swan of metal cock. yeah it's ah uh, <laughs> uh, yes what well, we oh, well look we should wrap you know, this up I was up. supposed to talk about the McLaren Artura and we're talking oh, about fucking hell and there's a new Nissan Qashqai came out last week as well there's actually some new cars but we've run out of time um, okay we'll talk about them next week we'll do a kind of car news roundup and try and sound like a proper car podcast but um, in the meantime uh, let's bring this into land I have three things to tell you one Johnny has a solo YouTube channel called The Late Break Show upon which there are many excellent videos with him doing various different things with cars including digging them out of garages and stuff like that we've got a world uh, exclusive this week which is what Br- driving the brand new old ford escort oh yes made in uh, wales that's lovely yeah so watch it uh, second thing i have to tell you is that um, i'm hawking various books uh, spin the wheel of tap this week uh, why not go and buy steel flies by roy lanchester a spoof cold war novel by a fictional alcoholic card journalist and three there are no snakes in new zealand and it is illegal to own a snake even if you are a zoo what yeah there are no snakes in new zealand they have a lot of ground-based birds including of course the kiwi and so they don't want snakes because for a snake that would just be a buffet so to preserve their indigenous wildlife um, it is completely illegal to own a snake you're not even allowed snakes in zoos or laboratories because they don't want the risk of them escaping and if you see a snake because they do get sea snakes that come in if you see a snake it is the law that you have to report it <laughs> they're very anti-snakes in new zealand that's the headline i i like i quite like snakes but don't want one as a pet um no. i pref- but i do prefer spiders that's all i'm going to add to that i think they have spiders yeah they have loads of them okay good well there we are um that's that's it uh from uh, britain's leading podcast about wicker and snakes so uh thank you ever so much for listening <laughs> we will do this all again next week um until then thank you very much goodbye bye-bye wicker and snakes hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.